This episode is brought to you by the Nordstick, the number one way to train your hamstrings anywhere at any time. The number one injury burden in the game of soccer is, you guessed it, hamstring injury. What better way to prevent this than using the Nordstick? From endless Nordic curl variations for your hamstrings, to other lower body exercises, to even upper body and core exercises, you name your goal and the Nordstick can help you get there. Use the link in the description to learn more and get 10% off. Once again, use the link in this episode's description for 10% off. What's up, soccer players? Welcome to another episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It is me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm healthy. Thank God. Thank God. Guys, if you didn't know, I I don't know if I should be saying this on the podcast. But anyway, it's our podcast. We can say it anyway. I had the, the I, I had a nasty bug, and I've been on a toilet for like three and a half days straight. I don't recommend that for people. I, I recommend it if you want to lose weight. But if you want to keep your shape, I don't recommend that because let me tell you, having diarrhea is no fun. Other than that, I am good. I, I'm finally feeling better today. Thank God. Thank God, man. I, I think I, I develop a, a, a not so great relationship with the toilet seat. Let me tell you, it is not fun. How about you, bro? How you doing? I, I'm just going to say that <laughs> for multiple reasons, that was the most explosive first minute on this podcast. No pun intended. Okay, let's let's move forward. Uh, oh, no, I'm doing, I'm doing good, man. I uh, just got home from a long day. Um, shout out to my cousin, Ashner. We had him on the pod way, way back when we were on uh, Fantasy Doctors. Uh, remember when... Madrid won. It was either La Decima or the the eleventh Champions League. He came out. Of, he came on and gave us his reaction. Uh, um, he just graduated from podiatry school today from Temple University. Go Owls! And oh, nice. uh, so I was down there this morning. Came Congrats, back up. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna have to have him back on. You know, he can be our our foot injury foot specialist for the pod. Whatever. Let's uh let's get him back on. But uh no, today's been good, but we got a we got a very interesting episode today. I believe this is probably at least the second, if not the third time we've oh, maybe fourth or fifth this. time. But this is a topic that we're always gonna have to talk about because always. it's a regular part of any team sport. Always, always. Speed. Everybody wants to get faster, and with notable reason, notable benefit too. Why you should get faster? Because you get picked up, you get you get picked on the team, you get you get scouted, you get you know players are scared of you when you fast. You get a little boost of confidence when you're faster than most people. I mean, it's something that everyone should add into their arsenal. And that's something that's always can be improved, even though you don't have the 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 speed gift of Mbappe and whatnot, but speed can definitely be improved. Yep. I'm glad you said gift because I mean I, I feel like in past pods we've really um let the people who are listening know that hey everybody can improve their speed but everyone there's one thing I, i've really learned over the last year it's that man some players they're just they're just freaking fast yeah so just fast yeah and i mean I w- we'll say that every single player has to get faster um you, you do because if you're not the fastest then you should want to be the fastest and there is a fine line between, you know, balancing technical versus technical versus physical and within the physical prioritizing speed. Um, and that's part of what we're going to discuss today of 
what to do when during the season, especially if you have limited resources, limited time. And uh, let's let's go ahead and get into it. So, Berg, we, we were kind of discussing before the pod um, about what you can do in the off season. Uh, but let's start off with the regular season, since most players listening to this, you know, if soccer's ten months out of the year, yeah. chances are you're you're going to be in season if you're listening to this episode. Um, one of the most important things to focus on in the regular season is regular sprint training, at least once, if not twice, if not even three times a week. And you can do this in multiple ways. My preferred way to do this during the season is to simply do it as part of the warm-up. If yeah. you have a coach running the warm-up for you, or you have a strength and conditioning coach, um, and you're not regularly doing sprint training, you can definitely bring that up as part of a conversation. But if you don't, which is probably the most, the majority of the people listening to this episode right now, the best way to get in sprint training during the week is to simply just show up to training about 20 minutes early and do your own sprint training session. Do your own quick little dynamic warm-up Three to four sprints, that's all you need because the basics to improving your speed is repeated exposure to your top speed. And you're likely not going to get that during a team training session. Yeah. Um, let's start, give them a little bit of parameters, though. Like, how long are you? What, what's the distance you're sprinting um, to? Yeah. I, I, I would say with most players uh, in a team training session, you're going to get a lot of accelerations meaning you're going to get a lot of exposure to speeds going from zero to five meters, zero to 10 meters. Although it seems like you're going fast, which because you are, um, you're not getting your top speed exposure to get that yeah. top speed exposure. You have to go at least 20, 25, ideally 30 to 40 meters. Um, mm, so I would okay. say a, a decent sprint session before a training session would be maybe something as simple as two, three, four minute warm up. Uh, maybe three or four minutes to work on mechanics, A skip, B skip, those type of things, one or two buildups, and then two to three sprints going maybe 20, 30, 40 meters, and boom, that's it. You're done in 20 minutes. Mm, okay. That's interesting how you say that because um, you mentioned you don't always hit that speed during training, and even during the game sometimes, you don't always get to sprint that long of a distance unless you're like a forward and there's a counterattack and you have to sprint, uh, which remind me of... Uh, um, um, Holland. Um, what we were sprinting back. He was sprinting back from defense all the way to forward to 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 um to attack and and score counterattack. And this is one of the rare currents where not rare currents, but it doesn't happen often where players are running like 30, 40 yards, um, at top speed. You know what I'm saying, like. Especially if you were like a like a I don't know like a CDM or defender, you 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 rarely get to hit that speed during a game. So that's why we we said it's important to to regularly do it doing doing do sprint training during during regular season because you're not hitting that speed or speed often even during game, and because you're not hitting it if you're not hitting it right if you're not hitting that speed if you're not constantly exposing your body to that kind of speed, you lose it. You lose it. And I believe the the length of time it takes, if you train it, if you don't train it in like two weeks, you kind of lose some of it. So that's why you have to repeatedly train it so you don't lose it during the, during the regular season. Yeah, and this is doubly important if you're not a starter. Um, oh, yes. It, oh, yes. It, if you're not playing in, 
like let's say you're a team who you know you're sharing a pitch with two three other teams every session for practice you physically do not have room to hit your top speed even if you wanted to if you're cutting the field into three pieces um the only time you're going to get it is during a match and if you're not playing during the match or you're playing limited minutes or you're, you're coming in you know when maybe the game is over or you're you're in a more of a defensive setup you're certainly mm-hmm. not going to hit those speeds so um vitally vitally important and even the timing of it is important as well um the time try to avoid doing it right after a match so like let's say if it's a match day plus one so if you play on a saturday sunday is not a good day maybe Mm -hmm. monday or tuesday um so i I would say two ish days after a match is a good time to do it as well as a day or two before a match is also a good time to do it yeah the reason we say this guys because if you want to strictly train speed sprint and speed sprint so you need to be fully recovered to do this because if you form i mean i think i read i believe i read this in one of the strength and conditioning book when you're training for speed you know your form's got to be impeccable because you're training you're not really training you're training your nervous system and if you're tired it's not going to work if you're tired you're not training properly it's not going to work at the same time, when you do those sprints, you got to make sure you recover in between uh, in between sets, in between repetition of sprints because Massive. That's, you got to make sure you fully recover because once again, you're not training, you're not, you're, you're training your nervous system. 100%. Sprinting is all about your nervous system, training your body to really just focusing on firing at full cylinder that's your nervous system that's why it requires you to be fully fresh before you do your sprint training fully fresh after each repetition because you're training your nervous system the moment you're tired is the moment you should stop the sprint uh uh, session and move on to something else and a good general recommendation in terms of uh how long to rest is and Guys, this is going to blow your mind, so make sure you you take note of this. Write this down, screenshot, so you know when in the episode this happens. Um, one minute of rest for every 10 meters. So if you're sprinting 20 meters, you need two minutes. Not two minutes in your head. Two minutes on a stopwatch of complete. It's going to feel way too long. Yeah, it's going to feel like you're not doing any juggle, work. But, yeah, but your body is recovering. That's what you need. That's what you need. If you want to juggle or maybe do, I don't know, some stretching in between, that's totally cool. But two minutes minimum for 20, three, 30 meters, you need three. It's just what you need. Um, that's why, again, if you're doing this before a training session, you know, just aim for maybe three high quality sprints and boom, that's it. Cut it off. Yeah. Um, but of course, the best time to work on speed is going to be in the off season because that's when you really have the time to get it to dedicate more of your training to speed. Uh, Instead of taking your session and compressing it into 15 to 20 minutes, you could really break it down into the key elements. You can say, okay, I'm going to have an extensive dynamic warm-up, and then I'm going to work on mechanics for a solid 10 to 15 minutes. And then I'm going to do six to eight sprints with plenty of rest in between at varying distances. Maybe if you're doing acceleration, you can have a few more sprints at shorter distances with your longer top speed sessions being less sprints over a longer period of time. 
uh, it's it's so vitally important that you utilize the offseason because that's when you have the time to really push and improve. I agree. I agree. During the offseason, you have plenty of time. So you can, like you said, you can break down every single speed component and train them individually. So at speed mechanic, looking at keeping your body stiff, um, especially during the acceleration phase of the sprint, like focusing on loading your hips, um, and keeping your torso straight and stiff, all that stuff is important because you, the more you focus on these things, like the, the better mechanics and the faster you can go and the faster you can maintain the top speed. This is the other thing. Because once you get to a point, you got the momentum, now it's all about maintaining the form so you can keep that top speed. Um, and that's something that you can train. Yeah, and there there's no better time to do it than the off-season. You'll have so much hopefully so much time in your hands. Um, and it's also the best way to keep your hamstrings nice and strong as well, because oh, yeah. we've, we've discussed at length on, on this pod about the importance of Nordics and, and posterior chain exercises, but sprinting is it's right up there. It's tied for first with Nordics and it? it's going to directly improve your performance, which Nordics can't necessarily say. Um, so I, I think it's vital. Because if you look at the the injuries that happen in the first month or so of the regular season, it's a lot of soft tissue, a lot of hamstring. And if you sprint regularly, hopefully you can decrease your uh, risk yeah, of that. They, they, these, these hamstrings are conditioned, so they're less prone to injury. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, let's take a quick break, and then we have one more tip on how to improve your speed, and then we're going to discuss what not to do. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Team Builder. If you're a physical therapist, fitness coach, or personal trainer, you need to know that Team Builder is the number one app for exercise prescription. Whether you're working with a few clients one-on-one as a side hustle, or you're working with hundreds of athletes in an academy setting, there's no better app to prescribe exercises for remote or in-person training than Team Builder. As someone who's used Team Builder for over two years, I can wholeheartedly say it saves me time and helps my clients perform at their best. As a bonus, Team Builder is offering a 12-week soccer strength and conditioning program that comes with your 14-day free trial. This program focuses on increasing strength, power, and speed, all while reducing risk of injury. Head over to teambuilder.com and sign up with the code SFE to get started. VTruve is a reliable, affordable, and easy-to-use velocity-based training system that allows sports medicine staff to monitor and evaluate an athlete's performance in the gym. There are so many scientific papers supporting velocity-based training, showing how athletes can get stronger, more powerful, and reduce their injury risk. Most of all, it's one of the best ways to maximize athlete intent during a fitness or rehab session. Check out the link in the description to learn more about VTruve today. All right, we are back on the soccer fitness experience. Uh, One more tip before we go into what not to do in terms of sprint training. Um, Stay in the gym. Yes, sir. Because, I I mean, I I thought about this, and I was going to break it down into, you know, muscle groups, this, that, where it all just comes down to if if you're healthy and if you're fit, you'll be able to display your speed. If you're injured, you're not fast because you're on the bench, and that's just how it is. Um, so if you just stay healthy by staying in the gym, 
maintaining your strength, maintaining your fitness, becoming more robust, you're going to be able to display your qualities more. And if that quality for you is speed, then staying in the gym is vital because if you're on the bench because you're hurt, you're not fast. You're sitting on the bench. Hmm. I love the angle you took there. Uh, you took the ang angle of staying healthy because, um, you know, if you, if you're healthy, then you can, you can schedule your regular sprint session and maintain your top speed and, and, and show like adequate sprint speed during games. But if you're not healthy, then you're not training, you're not training, then you're going to lose, you'll lose some of that speed. The other angle of staying in the gym too, you guys just like, you, if you, one of the component of getting faster is to get stronger because you have to be able to generate a lot of force on the ground to propel yourself forward. And by working on your leg strength, working on, on core strength, working on all this stuff to be stronger and robust, you're going to be able to generate a lot more, a lot more output, a lot more force on the ground and whatnot to, so you can, so you can be faster. So this is the, the, the part that most young soccer player don't want to hear about. It's like, I want to get faster. Well, the first thing is that's trying to get you stronger. It yeah. takes time, you know, it takes time. You don't see the result right away, but man, let me tell you. No, it's, it's, it's vital because I mean, if you think about it, slow players don't really have that many hamstring issues, right? It's the ones that are fast with tons of Ansu Fati, Usman Dembele. Yeah. Kylian Mbappe, the fast players have hamstring problems because their hamstrings are under the most stress because they're doing the most sprinting. They're going at the highest speeds, the yep. fastest speeds. They have to have the most eccentric strength. So if you're fast, it's doubly important for you to be in the gym because your hamstrings are going to be put to the test more than anybody else's. That's true. Okay, you got that genetic factor that make you fast, but you don't have the... <laughs> You you don't have the 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 what you call like the robustness and whatnot to yeah. keep that going. Yeah, it's it's important. It's like important. it's like putting a putting a Ferrari engine into a Toyota. Eventually that that eventually that car is gonna break because it cannot yeah. sustain cannot sustain that kind of power. This is that's what the gym does. If you have an innate level of ability to be fast, you gotta be able to build a body that can sustain it. And that is the whole thing about staying in the gym. All right, let's talk about what not to do. Um, so if you're a soccer player and you want to improve your speed, do not do cardio instead of sprint training. What we mean by that is this. If you are constantly doing sprints back and forth to try and get your speed up, what you're missing is the element of rest, which is so important because to really run at top speed, you need to train at top speed. And if you don't have a lot of rest in between your sprints, you're not going to be able to reach your top speed, even though you feel like you're running fast. And yes, speed endurance, which is the concept of running back and forth with limited rest to improve your endurance, that's something too important that you need to improve. But improving that is very different than improving your true speed. Okay, I agree. The other thing that I'd like to mention, I mean, I made this mistake in the past when I was just first getting into soccer training was thinking ladder drills are going to make you faster. Like if you're a young player and you don't have any resources, you don't have somebody to hire to help you get faster and you go on YouTube to browse for different speed drills 
and you see a ladder drills and you want to incorporate that into your training, yeah, you can if you want to improve your coordination and even improve a little bit of your uh, conditioning. Uh, but ladder drills will not make you faster. The most you can do is improve your coordination, but it will not make you faster. If you want to be faster, you got to do sprint drills. The same way if you want to improve your shooting, you do shooting drills. You want to do, you want to be faster, do some sprint drills. That's so true. And I, I, I think that one good thing is, I, at least when I was younger, I used to see a player do a skill move or do a certain, you know, passing pattern or whatever and be like, ooh, I want to go out and try that. The next time you see a player that you admire really, really show their pace, you can actually just take that element of the match and be like, you know what, I'm going to, that what that player just did, I'm going to turn that into a drill because I saw some crazy pace there and I need to, you know, implement that within mm -hmm. my that's always an option of just taking that, repeating that drill while you're fresh with a lot of rest in between. Because trust me, if the professional player on TV could barely do it when they're tired, you probably need to be fresh because you're not as good as them. Yeah, that is true. That is true as well. Uh, another, you know, point that you brought up before of all this nonsense of gripping the floor with your with your feet and uh, all this other stuff that I, I'm not going to name any names on, on the interwebs but you see some crazy whack shit and it's like this is pseudoscience it does not I'm not even saying pseudoscience it's just plain nonsense like all this stuff what gripping the floor and so uh, yeah that's I'm Still, still, still to this day like people are still trying to figure out what the fascia is and what, what it does uh I saw that. I saw that thing, um, and it's like you know all the 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 famous Brazilian players. The reason why they're so good, the reason why they're so fast, because they train barefoot. Um, and I'm like, wait a second, what's the correlation here between being fast and and being barefooted? Like, yeah, you get better, more functional feet. Because you're able to grip the floor a little bit better, and you'll be able to learn how to move your feet around so that I don't know it can translate into I don't know better athleticism. But I don't know if that has anything to do with speed. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I I mean I know this. If you got some random person on the internet saying this and that will make you faster and it seems too easy to be true and it does not involve you running at high speeds is probably BS, uh, especially if the person who's saying it has no objective measures or no scientific background to their name at all whatsoever. So um, if you don't know if something is true or not, um, one, research it, two, research the person saying it, and three, research the numbers behind what they're saying because there's a lot of weird stuff. There's so much nonsense out there. Like all these stupid bands that you put between your knees that that'll make, no, nah, it's not going to make you faster. Like I've tried, I've tried, a... listen, I, 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 I've tried these techniques. Um, and then I've seen the result. It doesn't, I've tried all these techniques. I've tried the ladder drills. I've tried putting bands in between my knees. I've tried all of these things. And I don't, it's just, it actually it just, it just makes it, it just makes the mechanic, your mechanic worse, actually, when you have all these elastic band around. 
it just makes the thing worse. Because when you're training for, sp for speed, right, your mechanic needs to be on point. And if you have added resistance to different joints, then your mechanics change. And now your, your muscle memory is just all messed up. Yeah, uh, yeah. I do think there is an element to to having the band and whatnot. Like if you can include that during your warm up, that would yeah. be yeah. that would help you warm up a lot faster. But as far as the drill, the sprint drill is concerned, yeah, do the sprint, do the sprint yeah. without, without without added restriction. And this is coming from a person Berg who is actually quite fast. You. Uh, imagine if you're slow and you're wasting your time using all these bands and your mechanics are getting worse. This, like, you're becoming worse. You're becoming yeah. worse. You're wasting your time. I think you just, yeah, you're teaching your body just, just, just the not so great motor pattern for sprinting. <laughs> that's, that's all you do it. That's all you do it. And it's, it's just like, it's, it's, I mean, it's just, I think it's just desperate capitalism. People who try to convince you anything <laughs> works um, to get faster. Yes, these, 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 all these tools have their place. Um, but I think uh, the explanation and how these tools works, the explanation people get, that is not explained correctly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And tell, oh, this is good for sprint, but how does this work for sprint? Nobody can tell you how does yeah. it work. It's because it doesn't exist. <laughs> it just doesn't. Um, but yeah, and uh, I got I got one more tip, and Berg, maybe you got one more as well. Um, what not to do? I'm just gonna say it because I've done it, and it just sucks. What? If you're if you're living in a cold climate, and it's the dead of winter, y'all, you either gotta go inside, you gotta incorporate some sort of special set rep rest scheme, or it's it's in my opinion if you're playing an outdoor sport and you're training at night in the cold it's really hard to sprint train in the winter which is why it is vitally important to take advantage of the off season um because there's no way in hell you know I, i've been out in the cold 9 10 p.m and it's even colder up by you berg of yeah imagine that that three minute wait that we discussed three minutes and it's and it's, windy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's windy no shot sir no shots. I'm Boston win, New York wind, three. And it's what's hot? How nah. 9 p.m. So, oh. Sometimes you got you gotta pick and choose your battles, and that's a battle that I would not recommend to my worst. I used enemy. to do it. I used to do it. I used to do a, a sprint uh training during the winter. I'm well, you know, I'm in Massachusetts. It's like most of the year it's winter. It's like <laughs> you're training outside and it's like, oh, you get caught with the wind, you're like, oh. Instead of doing like those 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 five sets that I plan to do, I'm gonna just go do three and just call it a day. <laughs> that's I typically what I do. I cut the training short because I'm not trying to get here just just get frozen. I tried it as well when I was in Baltimore. Um, so the apartment I was living in when I was on rotation, uh, you walk outside, you yeah. cross the street, and then you're in the the parking lot of a university, a night school. And you know me at that time, I was training at like 9, 10 PM mm -hmm. and I was like, Ooh, that's, that's a big parking lot. There's a lot of space. There's at least 50 meters here. Like we could do some things out here. Uh, so what I used to do was I would go outside, cross the street, run a sprint, walk back inside, wait two minutes, go back outside, run a sprint, walk back inside, back and forth. 
And even then, my tendons were just like cold. Um, it's not even. And then you dread every sprint. Yeah. yeah. Every, every time you're going to go outside, you're like, oh, here we go again. I got to do that quick. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. And you, you make the best of what you can. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes the weather doesn't allow it. Yeah. I don't have any more tips for y'all. Just you stick to the basic, guys. Work on your mechanics. Stay in the gym to get stronger. And then practice sprint. It's practice sprint. Legit. This is how this is this is how it works. I know, you know, like the 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 fancy gadget. You know, you get you get attracted by the fancy gadget, but keep keep it simple, stupid. That that always works. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. And of course, be sure to share this episode with a teammate who you think is slower than you. We'll say that. Uh Peace and love, and we'll see you all next week. All right. Peace out.